It is so good to be with you today, and it's good to see you all here as well. It is a beautiful day for us to be together, to praise God and to encourage one another in our walk with Him. Do you have any memorable moments, get the right here, memorable moments where, where you walked with somebody? You walked with someone that you cared about, that you loved dearly, and it's a fond memory. It's a memory that you treasure because of the togetherness, the time that you shared. And maybe it was with your spouse, maybe it was with your children, or it could have been with your parents, a friend, a brother in Christ. And that moment was very special. It was a special time because you were together. You were there in the moment. You were present with one another. You talked. You shared your emotions. Perhaps you bore life's burdens and tasks along the way. And so you have these fond memories of times you have spent with someone that you loved and you cared about. Are you, though, walking with God? Are you truly walking with God every day in your life? In Eden, the Garden of Eden, God walked with Adam and Eve. And you go back and we can read that occasion in Genesis where God is in the garden. He's there to to walk with those who are his children. But that sad day came, though, when Adam and Eve hid themselves. And they hid themselves from God because they had sinned and they were ashamed of what they had done. What a sad day that was for our father. Or you turn over to Genesis 17, you start and you're reading about Abraham and you find that God Almighty who referred as El Shaddai, commanded Abram to walk before him blamelessly. And so here is God in heaven commanding, instructing Abram, Abraham to walk before him in such a way that is perfect with integrity. It has been God's plan and it has been God's intent throughout the ages, from eternity to eternity, it has been God's plan, the desire, and will to walk with His children. He created mankind so that He could have a relationship with us who are made in His image. But sin interferes and hinders that relationship. And God, in His great love, has provided a means that you and I can be restored. We can be reconciled. We can be newly created so that relationship can be renewed. God wants to walk with you. And He wants to walk with me. There are a number of times in the Scriptures this phrase, this statement is used. And it's used here in 2 Corinthians, as Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing to Christians. Christians like you and me. Reminding us, them and us, that it is God's will that He walk with us. And we walk with Him. 
And so there in the 6th chapter, verse 16, as Paul, by the Spirit, quotes from the Old Testament, says, I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Oh, that we would walk with God as we should. As we have read already in Genesis, we learn early on that Enoch and Noah both are said to have walked with God. In Genesis 6, looking there in verse 9, as we focus very briefly here on Noah, he says, These are the records of the generations of Noah. And he goes on to say, Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time, Noah walked with God. And so in chapter 5, as well as chapter 6, early on in the history of mankind, here's this very short statement where you've got men of faith who are said to have walked with God. That's significant. That is something very special to be commended by God the Father through His Spirit to say, these men walked with me. It says that they were willing to walk in God's direction. It indicates also that they were willing, and so far as possible, they were willing to keep God's pace as well. It also indicates that they wanted God's company. Enoch and Noah walked with God. And doubtless in that relationship of Enoch and Noah walking with God, it would mean also that they listened to God. They talked with God. And perhaps even in the moments when it was silent, they were fully aware that God was present. Now, Enoch and Noah did not walk with God like Adam and Eve. They didn't walk with him in the Garden of Eden. But they walked with God. And it's for that reason it is said that these two are men who pleased God or found favor in God's eyes. And as we read already here in chapter 6 about Noah... The reason why he finds favor before God, the reason he is one who's walking with God is he was a righteous man. And so he he walked and lived righteously. It also says that he was blameless. That's not to say he was never without sin, but he was blameless in his generation. That is, Noah did not follow the ways of his world. He did not follow the ways of wickedness. He did not engage in. He did not walk in the evil of his times. Noah walked with God, not with the world. But they were not the last men who walked with God, are they? There are many more men of faith who walked with their Creator. And so we have men like Abraham and Moses. And then later on, you got David and Daniel and many more. Men and women of faith who walked with God. If you recall in Deuteronomy chapter 13 here, when Moses 
is speaking and teaching the nation of Israel before they cross over the Jordan River into the promised land. And here is Noah, I mean, excuse me, excuse me Mo, uh, Moses, Moses, who is 120 years old, giving his last farewell you know, sermon, and it's a long sermon, Deuteronomy. And in it, he admonishes them and says, You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments and obey His voice and you shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. So here's Moses. A man who walked with God, a man who had a very unique relation with God that the others did not, who now is exhorting and teaching and admonishing the children of Israel and says, you need to make sure you walk with Jehovah. And then you come to the New Testament. You think about the earliest disciples or the apostles, how they walked in a very special way. They walked in a very unique way with the creator of the universe across the hills of Judea and along the shore of Galilee. They walked with God. And so we too are called, we too are instructed and encouraged and admonished that we are to walk with God and we are able to walk with God. And to walk with God does imply that we desire and must keep company with Him. That we want to be with God. We want to walk with God, and we want to listen to God, and we want to talk to God. We want to share in those things that matters to God. We want to go in God's direction, not our own. Now, right now, we cannot do so with God, with Jehovah, in visible form. We cannot walk with Him like our father, Adam. Or Eve. But we're not excluded from the blessing, though, of walking with Him. And the joys of walking with Him. Of that sharing and of that togetherness of walking with God. Walking with the Creator Himself. But we do it by faith. We walk by faith, as talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, where Paul and Moses there, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And it's the kind of faith that makes its ambition to please Him. That's the kind of walk we have with God. By faith, we seek to please Him. And that faith is going to come how? It's going to come by hearing the Word, the message, the revelation of His Son, Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 17, faith comes how? By hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. And when you study the book of Acts, that's exactly what happens in the conversion of those individuals who want to walk with God. Who desire God's company and want to go in God's direction. They heard the message preached and they would believe it and then they would obey it. Because the aim, the very aim of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to bring you and me into fellowship with the Creator. In 1 John 
First John chapter one. First John chapter one, verse three. We turn there and we very quickly notice, you know, what the Apostle John wrote in the introduction of this short epistle when he says, what, it, what we have seen and what we have heard, we proclaim. And so he's proclaiming us Jesus. So what we've seen and what we've heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Here's someone by the Holy Spirit telling us, I am writing so you can have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship, verse 3, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Here's a man of faith, the man of God, who once walked with the Creator across the hills of Judea, the terrain of Samaria, the territory of Galilee, and he says, I'm writing so you can have fellowship with Here's a man who had fellowship with Jesus in a very special way. And he said, I'm writing so you can have that same fellowship. So you too can walk with him, not across the hills of Judea or along the shore of Galilee, but you can walk with him in having a relationship. You can walk with him and have fellowship with him. And that fellowship is maintained how? Well, turn over a few pages in your Testament to 2 John 9, where John continues to write a second time a short epistle when he says, anyone who goes too far and does not abide, if you go too far and you don't abide in the teaching of Christ, you don't have God. Another way of saying that if you go too far and you're not abiding in the teaching of Jesus Christ, you're not walking with Jesus. You're not walking with God if you go too far. But he goes on to say in the same verse, the one who abides, the one who does abide in the teaching, he has the Father. He has both the Father and the Son. He is one who is walking with the Father and walking with His Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, yes, we can't walk with God like Adam and Eve, but we can walk with God like Enoch, and we can walk with God like Noah and Abraham and Moses. They, too, walked with God by faith, heeding the message that they were given by their Father. We can do that. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. God wants us to walk with Him every day. To know that He is there and we're there with Him. We desire His company. We want to go in His direction. We want to be with Him in the end eternally. And it is for that reason a number of times in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Jesus Christ that we are instructed or we are admonished to do what? Well, to walk. For example, in Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, verse 6 through 8. The Apostle Paul, writing to Christians in the church at Colossae, encouraging them, edifying them, instructing them, says, Therefore, as you receive Christ, so Colossians 2, verse 6, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. If you've received Jesus, walk in Him. That's simple. 
Not always easy to do, but it's that simple of a concept. If you have received Christ, you need to walk in Him. And he goes on to say, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. He goes on to say, see to it that no one, else, no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the, to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. So here you have the apostle writing to Christians saying, you need to make sure that you're walking in the Lord. He says, but be careful, watch out, because all who profess a faith in God's Son are not necessarily walking in Christ. That's why you have that warning in verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and deception and traditions and principles that are not according to Christ. Because to walk in Christ calls for us to take a very specific path. Not my path, not your path, but the Lord's path. Because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And so, yes, if I'm going to walk in the Lord, that, that means I've got to walk in a path that's according to Christ. I have to walk according to His way. Not the world's way. Not religious division's way. Not according to man's philosophies or men's traditions or worldly things. That's not according to Christ. Because those things are not from the Lord. They're not from His authority. They're not according to His direction. So yes, God wants us to walk with Him. And we can walk with Him, but we're going to have to walk in the Lord. Jesus said once during His ministry there in Luke 6, verse 46, to His audience, as He challenged them to think about what He's actually saying, and he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Finish it. And do not do what? What I say. If I'm going to walk in Jesus, I've got to do what he says. That simple. And a lot of people of faith and a lot of religious people in this world are not doing that. They call Him Lord, but they're not doing what the Lord has said. Whether you're talking about people's personal lives or whether you're talking about churches who have left the one true faith and are doing their own thing. If we're, if we're going to have a relationship of walking with God, I've got to walk in Jesus and I've got to do what He says... And where do I learn what Jesus says? Well, I've got to go to the Bible. I've got to go to the New Testament. And recognize that this New Testament, as 1 Thessalonians 2.13 emphasizes, is not the words of men. Paul commends the Christians in Thessalonica. He says, you receive the word not as the words of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. And it's God's Word that saves. It's God's Word that illuminates. And so that's why Paul, back in Colossians 2, says to these saints that they needed to be firmly rooted. 
in the truth that Jesus is God's Son. And they needed to be established in the one faith that has been once for all delivered. And they needed to be built up in His instructions. When we do walk in the Lord, in a very practical sense, that's going to be manifest itself in the fact that we will not walk in darkness, but rather we'll be walking in light. In going back to 1 John chapter 1 again, reading verses 5 through 7, you remember those well-known verses. He says, this is the message we have heard from Him and announced to you, that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, it's His light that we're walking in, not ours. And so if we walk in the light as He Himself is in light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, we cannot participate in the deeds of darkness. We cannot engage in sin. And the New Testament talks a lot about that. And we can't do that and have fellowship with God. We can't be walking in darkness and at the same time be walking with God. Because when we're walking in darkness, when we're walking according to the paths of sin, we're going opposite of God's direction. We're going against God's will. Light and darkness are opposites. Light and darkness don't have fellowship. They stand in opposition to each other. So we have to cease partaking of sin. We've got to cease partaking of or in this darkness, the unfruitfulness of those deeds. Jesus himself said in John chapter chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. If we're following Jesus, if I am walking in the Lord, according to Jesus, doing what he says, then I am not walking in the darkness. But if I'm walking in darkness, I'm not walking in the Lord. And so Jesus says, I am the light. And he who follows me, we've got to follow Jesus. When we follow Jesus and follow what Jesus says, then we're not going to be walking in the darkness and we will have the light of life. And 1 John 2 talks a little bit about that. When it talks about the love of this world and the love of the Father, and the contrast of those two things. And we are not walking with God when we engage in the lusts of the flesh. We're not walking with God when we are engaged in partaking of the lust of the eyes. And neither are we doing so when we are partaking of the boastful pride of life. When we're walking and doing those kind of things, we are not in the light, we're in the dark, and we're not walking with Jesus. We're not walking His way, and we're not walking with God either. The fruit of light, in contrast to that, is talked about in Ephesians 5. The fruit of light is actually described as righteousness and goodness and Purity and integrity, those kind of things, is, is light as defined and determined by God, not by our definitions, but by His definitions. 
He's the one who defines what is goodness. He's the one who defines what is righteousness and what is purity and what is integrity. So we're called to walk like Enoch and we're called to walk like Noah and Abraham and Moses. And we can do that. We have to do so in the Lord and we have to do so by walking in the light. And we have to realize it has to be a walk that is worthy. It's worthy in the Lord. Going back to Colossians again. In Colossians chapter 1. Reading just a couple of verses there in verse 9 and verse 10 of the first chapter. He says, Paul says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, have not ceased to pray for you. We have not ceased to pray for you to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that, what? So that you will walk in a manner worthy. Worthy of who? Worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. To walk worthily implies to, to do so becomingly, appropriately, honorably, all in accord with what? With what is due Jesus. What is due to one who has been exalted the right hand of God. To one, to one who, as described in Philippians 2, whose name is far above every name on earth. And whose position as such is far above all powers and principalities that have ever been and ever will be. And so we are to walk worthy for this one. Walk in a way that's worthy the one who is the Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings, Son of God. Now what, what does that entail? Well, there's a lot of different things we can say about that. And we're not going to uh, talk, you know, Everything that's possible. But let me suggest a couple things here. What's involved in I walking worthy? Well, you look here in chapter 1, verse 10 of Colossians. It suggests that what's involved in this, you know, when we have been filled with the knowledge of God, the knowledge of His will, that we now bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Well, bear fruit in every good work. And so that's one thing we need to be doing. We need to be bearing fruit... Fruit of every good work that pleases who? Pleases Him. That's what. It's not what pleases us. It's what pleases God. And that's what I need to be doing. If I'm going to walk worthy of the Lord, Jesus Christ, my King, my Savior, I need to bear good fruit that pleases Him. Or another thing to uh, consider is the fact that over in Ephesians 4, it talks about you know, walking worthy as well. You know, walking worthy in a manner that is how? Well, basically, that is in harmony with the oneness that is found in Jesus Christ. And so we're called to walk in a way where we diligently pursue the unity of the Spirit by equipping ourselves in such a way that we can build up the body of Christ because He's the head. He's the one who directs. He's the one who governs. And so I need to be bearing fruit. I need to be pursuing you know, the oneness of Christ, watching my attitude, holding to the, uh, the, the, the teaching of Christ, a number of things. 
are discussed in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. They're all part of walking in a manner worthy of our calling. But also I think it involves this idea of, of a, a walk where we are communing with him. It is a spiritual walk of communing with Jesus Christ. And one way we commune with Christ is every first day of the week, the Lord's Day, we gather together as instructed. We assemble ourselves and come into a place of meeting and we break the bread of the Lord together. To do what? To share. That's what. To have a memorable moment of sharing with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10 talks about how it is a communion of his body. It is a communion of his blood. It is a moment where we share with the body of Jesus and we share with the blood of Christ. When he sacrificed his life for the sins of the entire world. Not just for us. But for all those that we can help bring to God. But also we, we walk with Him and commune with Him in a very unique way in our prayer life. In Philippians 4, Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7, it says you know, that we are told, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And now listen. See, don't be anxious, but pray. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Think about those memorable moments when you walked with somebody. You had a very, you know, a treasured memory. And it, it, often in that walk, it was a peaceful walk. It was a, a moment of quiet and togetherness you're sharing, and it was just peace. And God says you can have that. You can have that in the Lord. You can have that when you walk in the light. You can have that when you're walking in a way that's worthy of the one who died for you. So you could walk with his father one day. And walk with him now by faith. And so he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, make your request be made known to God in the peace of God that surpasses comprehension will guard. Not men. It will guard your heart and your mind. But then finally, we also need to walk in wisdom. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, very quickly, the verse instructs us, conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, you know, making the most of the opportunity. You know, we need to, we need to walk in a way that is according to wisdom. Ephesians 5.15 basically says the same thing. It uses maybe a little different language, different wording. And he says, okay, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Worldly wisdom, or even our own wisdom for that fact, will lead us astray every time. But God's wisdom, the wisdom that we need to walk in, was lead us aright. 
And so through pr- this prayerful increase of, of a knowledge of God, he says, we, we, can, we can gain the, the needed discernment to direct our steps, to direct our actions and our words in such a way that we use time, we use each day, we use our life in such a way that it's a redeeming of it. We're making the most of it because we know life is short. It is slipping through our fingers. And he says, walk in wisdom. Redeem the time. Use your opportunities well so that you can impact others in a positive way, in a helpful way. And so, yes, exercise caution and exercise care and exercise circumspection. But walk with God in wisdom. God will walk with you. He will. But you have to walk with him as well. You have to make the decision yourself. If you're going to walk with God. So do you want to keep God's company? Do you want to go in God's direction? Do you want to go at God's pace? According to God's words, you can. And God is waiting for you to make that decision right now. Who are you going to walk with? Is it going to be be with God? Is it going to be with Jesus? Or is it going to be with someone else or something else? Only your walk with God leads to life. Every other walk leads to death. If you believe Jesus to be the Christ, and you believe that with all your heart, and you believe him to be the Son of God, why not make that decision today, that commitment, that allegiance, to turn your life around and to give it in obedience to him? To confess that faith that He is the Son of God with your mouth unashamedly before others. To repent of the sins that you have committed in your life. And to be buried with Him, immersed in water for the very purpose to wash away your sins. Because that's what Jesus has commanded. You do that. And do so in faith. In submission to His will. The Lord will raise you up. A new man. And you will have a new walk. A walk in newness of life. Whatever your spiritual need may be this morning. If we can assist you in putting on Christ in baptism. Or as a child of God who has strayed from that path. And you need the prayers and the encouragements of your brethren here. We invite you all. Come forward. Make your wishes known while I stand and sing the song that's been selected.